0: Hey everybody, it's Diane O'Brien again, your head hunting housewife. This is podcast number two today. And today I wanna to talk about recruiting and women that are wanting to get into the industry of recruiting, or even young ladies that wanna learn about it in college. It still isn't really a major. It's often under human resources and you know, recruiting is so different than HR. Um, but it's such a wonderful, lucrative, flexible, even stay at home career for so many women. And I've been speaking about this for years. I put my book out about it maybe five years or so ago. Um, but I want to use these podcasts now um, to kind of get the word out there more and more because as time goes by, I just keep fighting not only Does recruiting constantly, you know, come back into my life in better ways? Because I have taken little mini retirements or sabbaticals through the years, Um, luckily because recruiting has been so good monetarily. Um, But it's so fun, I always come back to it. And what's nice, the more that technology grows and how LinkedIn has evolved and the different job words, in many ways, the easier it is to recruit, but you're still making the same or better money. Um, you know, and barriers to entry is very low in recruiting, very similar to real estate. And that's why women like real estate so much. You don't need a special degree, um, you know, and you can be flexible. Recruiting is just like that. I'm a perfect example. And you know, the reason I'm doing this podcast again is to put out there to be a true example of how you can set your life up recruiting wise. I feel like, you know, it's hard sometimes to just jump into something all alone if you're thinking about it. Or if you want to make sure it really is um, a true, truly good opportunity, and I can promise you you know, um, I fell into recruiting years ago from being a young sales girl working for a firm that wanted to hire a lot more salespeople. So they asked me to try recruiting, to try to find more people like myself to grow the company. Um, and I figured like many things that are brand new, if it didn't work out, you can always go back to what you were doing. But, um, you know, I never went back to sales once I got into recruiting, except for, you know, later when I had my own business doing some business development, which of course is sales, but, but all around recruiting once again. So so the only other passion that I find, uh, you know, career-wise, that is the stimulating, can be real estate, and that's something I've talked about too. And that'll be an adventure you go on more with me as a novice than an expert. Recruiting, I can tell you, you know, a lot about from twenty years of experience of real estate. I'm still learning. So anyway, back to you, ladies, wanting to learn about recruiting. Let me just give you a little bit, you know, of background or information about how how fast you can get set up. I mean. Um, you know, all you need when you're recruiting, what you're doing day in and day out is, you know, you're finding candidates out there on the web. So, you know, in the old days, I literally had to use yellow pages and try to find people through all referrals. Um, but now with LinkedIn, um, especially LinkedIn, I can't give enough credit to LinkedIn how it's grown, but. Um, even the Indeeds of the world and, you know, the career builders and monsters aren't what they used to be, I don't think. But, uh, but the Indeed has been fantastic. Um, and, again, the way LinkedIn has grown, to learn how to do searches is not that tough. And then once you're doing the searches, you're able to do a lot of the work in finding the right candidate um, just through your computer without having even do, like, phone call time, which, again, for moms or people that are home um, that's really perfect. As I'm doing this podcast, I'm taking toys away from my dog who just got a little bit of surgery. So has that cone on his head. So forgive me (laughs) if you hear Tucker words in the background, but, um, but again, I'm, uh, you know, working today. I'm taking a break now with good old Tucker here, but, um, again, that's another benefit of recruiting. So a lot of the times you're doing these searches, which I have a couple searches going right now for financial Uh, VP's uh, one in um, Tucker. Okay, now he's breaking things. Back. Hey everyone, this is Diane O'Brien, your headhunting housewife. This is podcast number three and today I want to talk to you about finding clients. That's always a popular subject. When I wrote the book five years ago, Work From Home Headhunter and talking about becoming a recruiter and how you find clients and candidates and everything that goes into recruiting the subject that got the most attention was finding clients um, and so I'm gonna talk a little bit about that today I'm actually driving down to the beach for a girls weekend with my sister and uh, so you hear a little background noise that's why but um, anyway let's jump right in and as you know you know I've been recruiting for almost 20 years now and so in the beginning obviously finding clients is a lot harder um, and it takes a lot of work legwork um, all the various methods that I'll go into as far as using all the job words and looking for jobs. But then in the past, I guess, five, probably almost ten years of my career, the second half, instead of me finding clients, the clients have been finding me, which has been amazing. And so I'll talk more about that too because I don't think people don't believe it sometimes, but I'm a living example and I can give you, um, you know, again, hard examples of people that have reached out to me from LinkedIn or from reading my book and wanted to work with me. So it's been um, very Fortunate not But let's start from the beginning, if you're just getting into recruiting, um, whether you're just wanting to get into it now, if you're new, or if you're doing it a few years, but still going through those times that I remember where you have a great client, let's say it was like a, a GE or IBM, a big client, you have a great year or two hiring, and then it kind of dries up for some reason. And if you don't have a client right behind it, you literally, you're at a plateau and have no money coming in. You have a lot of money per month to quickly nothing, and it's, and it's scary especially when you're dependent, you know, upon that paycheck. Um, so, you know, the best way, obviously, to combat hitting those lows, and that again, it's happened, it happens to the best of us, but it's really as you're in your busy times, you have that solid client that's your bread and butter, to make sure every day you're still spending a little bit of time, I always like to say an hour, an hour a day, early in the morning, on business development. Um, and that way, you kind of always have that going. Um, you can always turn down business, and I had to do that a lot of times in my career um, because you just weren't able to you know, take on the job. But I think certain clients would much rather you be pursuing them and then at a point maybe they're ready for you if you just are too full. They'll remember you the next time when you do have space in your calendar that they want to use you. Because obviously you're doing a good job, you're having good examples of who you're filling you know, placements for. Um, so again, if you just kind of make this part of your day, early on and I wasn't, you know, I say, I say do it every morning and all honesty back in the day, I was probably hitting it maybe at least once a week, maybe a couple times. I feel like it's like exercise. I try to exercise every day, but if I just do it one or two times per week, awesome. <laughs> so, and again, I try to do it early in the morning, like exercise, because I don't always enjoy just the straight up biz dev when you're kind of cold calling or warm calling for clients. So I get it out of the way early so I can then move on with the day the, the stuff that I like and talking to candidates and talking to, you know, clients I already have so you know that's that's you know caveat number one um now as far as the actual getting the client let's say you have zero clients so you're not even worried about maintaining but you just need your first client so what you do in different industries i mean pretty much as you know i've worked through almost all industries i feel like i'm sure not all of them but (laughs) i worked a lot of different industries in recruiting starting with the healthcare and then doing it and then doing clean tech and solar wind and uh, accounting and finance, and then I get insurance. I even did some cannabis industry recently, now doing more finance. But anyway, um, you know, all industries, and I found there's definitely common themes among all of them. So it's not like um, you're gonna do it differently. Some have different, sometimes they have little things that might be off, which I'll, we'll talk about. But generally speaking, finding clients is the same. Uh, Typically, And what you're going to do is you're going to go on the job boards. I think a lot of these are free when you're just doing searches. So it's really no money out in the beginning. Um, Like the career builders and monsters. Indeed, I think, is the more popular one these days. Back in the day, I would use monster. Um, But, like, more recently, I'm using Indeed more. Even ZipRecruiter is a newer one. Um, And, of course, the other was, like, Glassdoor. I mean, there's a whole list of them, Right. But um, let's say Indy, that's a big, safe one. And I think you can just go on there and start looking at what jobs are posted. And let's say, for instance, you want to, um, and hold on a second, I'm just making sure I get out the right exit. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So let's just say that you basically want to do, um, like I did healthcare sales teams for a long time, okay? So this wouldn't even be like an executive level, which I'm mostly doing now, but let's say a sales team, which I still like. for, you know, GE. So you see GE Healthcare, or Siemens, or um, Philips, okay? Konica, or any of these guys, um, Canon. You see they're hiring salespeople and you wanna hire salespeople. That's where I originally got started. And and you'll see the jobs posted. Now, sometimes it'll be posted by other recruiters. You're not calling those guys. But if you see a lot posted directly by the GE person, that usually will follow you through to their HR person. Um, and what I do, instead of trying to call them, I mean, you, I've done it both ways, okay? You can reach out to them with a little quick cover letter, give examples of jobs you've worked in, and in the industry. Um, you could say things that you already have, um, some candidates ready to go, you know, like a little intro and see if you get any bites that way. That, that works, but what works better is then finding a good candidate. Take off their contact info, but after you find that client looking, go find a good candidate. So you're kind of working for free for yourself here, but find a really good candidate that matches it. Send the resume over to that hiring manager who's looking and say, hey, we're not working together right now, but you know, um, I, I specialize in you know, XYZ industry and you know, healthcare recruiting or sales recruiting, and I have this candidate right in your area that's um, interested in your firm, you know, blah, blah, blah. Whatever, you know, we can do a whole subject on blurbs and emails you put out to kind of get someone's attention. Um, and you attach the resume, get in contact info all put a watermark or stamp on it, your signature, whatever. And uh, usually that will get a lot more bite back than it's straight up high when I introduce myself. Okay. So if you do, and it's a numbers game. You do enough of these. I mean, I don't, I, it's hard to say a rhyme or reason why some people have to make a hundred calls to get a deal and other people might have to make a few calls to get a deal. Um, I think it really comes down to recruiting when it comes to the cold calling or getting clients that is a sales game so I've said this before in speaking or my book I mean really the best recruiters I do feel like often are the sales people especially on the biz dev side maybe not if you want to stick to sourcing and research but if you want to go after clients you know you having a good sales side is really key I think that's what really helped me be really successful because I didn't take a lot of cold calls for me to close a deal and, and I learned that back from my college days. I used to telemarket and I did all kinds of sales, <laughs> crazy sales, door-to-door stuff to put myself through, help put myself through college. And thanks dad because he helped me too. Um, but uh, so I had that sales side so I wouldn't have to make as many calls to close a deal fortunate. But um, if you're not as strong as sales, it just means you have to put more numbers on the board. So if it took me 10 calls to get one, you might have to do 20 or 30 or 40. But whatever it takes right so if you're all in you're just gonna do it till you get one Um, but that's really the way to do it and again without getting too much detail I can go into another uh, podcast or I have more information on my book with actual detail writings Uh, the book work from home headhunter uh, 10 weeks to six figure success um, is the book that has it more detailed out for you Um, but I have videos on this too on YouTube again I'm just doing these podcasts to get this information out to more women because the older I get the more fun I have at recruiting and Every time I almost try to maybe I think I'm bored or wanna try something new, I always come back to recruiting. There's been nothing better. The only thing interesting I've mentioned before is uh, real estate investing, which I'm gonna continue to do. (laughs) Got a few properties but I wanna do a little bit more of that and in that I'll be looking for mentoring help. Here I can mentor you but I'll be looking for probably mentoring help myself and a coach when it comes to um, more real estate investing. But for now, it's the recruiting money that gives me all that money to invest. So. Um, you know, back to that. But let's now talk about. I talked about that's how I went about getting clients, right? So early on in my career, um, and these are even, and these aren't small guys. But I did go after the big guys. If you're, you're going to do it, just go for the top. So these were the GE Healthcare, the Siemens, the Philips I mentioned, the IBM, the Agilent. Sometimes it was through smaller firms. Like when I worked for Fusion, they had the contract with the bigger firms. That's a great way to kind of ease your way in. And then later on, when I went on my own. Um, you know, you can then later do more direct stuff if there's no, you know, non-competes involved or anything because you already have those relationships um, So, you know, that's one way it's just go go for the big companies um, and again some of the smaller ones might be good as well So it's, it's really what's good for you and what your niche is, but that's how I did that and um, and What was I gonna say? So for the other side after you have companies going you have plenty of um, candidates and clients, I mean um, you know, again, I was kind of going after those all the time in the beginning. What I think turned for me, if you want to speak now about, and I could probably do again a different um, little podcast on how to attract clients. I just kind of discussed how you go after them. But attracting clients, it's funny. You know how like years ago, the whole secret thing came out. And um, and you always hear the whole law of attraction. You know, it's a little bit like, okay, you know, I, I, you've taken part of it, but not really. It's still a lot of action. You can't just wish things, right? However, you know in my own life, there are a lot of examples where literally I can point to details where I've been sitting on the beach over a summer. I would take summers off for many, many years from recruiting. It's another beautiful thing about recruiting. You can just stop like once you're done a job or wait to pick up the next one whenever you want. But um, I remember having just daydreaming on the beach, thinking up what I'd like to do that following September for the new year that would be fun, whether it was a new clients, new industries, what would just be cool. And then it kind of Manifesting, I guess is the word, right? You see actually come into your life like some venture capitalist named Kenny from New York. Hey, Kenny, <laughs> out of the blue, finds me on LinkedIn, calls me and offers me the exact deal I was looking for. You know, to give me money to go to conferences and fly over California more and this like weird stuff that kind of dreamt up and then someone finds me on LinkedIn, right? So it works. So don't be afraid, A, to dream up when it comes to clients finding you. You gotta believe it's possible or else it's not gonna happen. Um, and like anything, you're going to be like kissing some frogs to get the prince, right? So this is true just like it is in dating before you get married. Um, I dated a lot of not good guys to find my good guy that I'm married to. But same with clients. I've had a lot of not good clients to get the ones I love and want to keep forever, right? Uh, those are the ones I still do sales teams for, for instance. Even though I'm all mostly executive search, the clients I've loved forever, I'm still doing business with. Um, shout out Rob. Shout out Steve. You guys know who you are. But anyway, um, so what was I saying? So to, for them to find you, I did a couple things. I think you know, first, dreamt up that that's possible. That people can kind of find you, um, make your LinkedIn, and I'm not always that great at that. But you want a good professional photo on LinkedIn. You want it to read pretty well. As if a client is like looking for someone to help them, um, I think when I wrote the book, Work from Home Hunter five years ago, that really helped because it really established me as an expert in the field. I did a lot of mentoring for the clients I worked with, not only would I help them biz, dev, or recruit, but I offered to mentor their newbie recruiters, take them to conferences with me, show them the ropes. Um, I did that at, like at Oris Partners when I was there for them for a while, or Magellan, I did that with um, with uh, Kurt, is that's right, I think I actually helped go from contingent to retained. Um, so by doing all that, and helping others just grow in their own field and recruiting, it kind of gives you that... Um, expert level advice. I think it, you get instant credibility because anytime you want a client, whether you're going after or hoping that they find you, it's all about trust, right? They need to look at your background, read some recommendations, maybe read your book, whatever you've done out there or articles, you know, that you might write. And then they say, okay, this person's the real deal. You know, I, I trust them. They're not going to screw me. I mean, and, and by doing that, what I mean is when clients call me, you know, it's a whole different... It's just different. Like they're pursuing you, so usually it's a CEO of a small firm, it might be a search firm or a straight-up firm looking to hire. Um, you know, wanting my help. So when it comes to negotiating, um, you know, then what you're worth, it's a different ballgame now. And I've gone the gamut. Trust me. Just like I've gone from contingent to think and retain was the high level, I've done the same thing with. You know, I wouldn't take on a job once it was, if it was under ten thousand a month. To then go in with certain people, i just really liked and did it straight up commission, you know, and then everything in between. I've done things where to go to a conference was so two thousand a day, or um, or just a day if they needed me to help close a deal. You know, you just figure you can negotiate whatever you you set your worth, right? So, but what I'm saying is, when they're calling you, it's a lot easier to do that than when you're calling someone out of the blue and say, hey, this is what my value is. I mean, that you know, they have more of the leverage. So. Um, again, to have them come to you, again, build out your, you have to build out your career a little bit first, obviously, it probably took me the first 10 years before this started happening, um, but then, you know, make sure on LinkedIn, again, your social media is up, get the recommendations, if you are good at writing, I think that really helped me, after my book came out, I never had to make a cold call, um, unless it was for candidates, but even then, it's, this has been easier, um, but that's really kind of how it's done. And again, a lot of the other stuff is, I'm doing this more high level, but other podcasts, kind of like my book entails, or some YouTubes gives a little more detail of the nitty gritty of that. Um, but that's about it. So I want to get out there. That's kind of two ways of going after clients and then trying to grow your business to a point to where they're gonna come for you. If you can skip the hard part, Go right from them being attracted to you, do it. I mean, <laughs> you know, there's no reason you have to reinvent the wheel. I feel like now when I look at my mentors, a lot of them I find on YouTube myself or find their books, um, they help me jump all the slow stuff, right? So if you can just go right to that, hey, start writing articles, start, you know, um, putting yourself, setting yourself up there as the expert in the field, and, and hopefully people start calling you. And let me know if this happens. I mean, for you, most of the women I've helped through the years are kind of starting out. Uh, at least the ones that I found through my book or for mentoring courses, so they didn't really have, they were really going after clients. Um, but I'd love to hear from recruiters that have been doing this for a while and have kind of whether it's taken my advice or found this out on their own where now they haven't had to do any quote calls and all the clients are coming to them. Uh, it's a beautiful space to be in. And, I mean, well, shit, at 46 years old, I deserve it, right? You can do, <laughs> the one thing with age comes, you know you got more money saved and people do know you, all those texts you've helped all the years, I think good karma comes back to you, it should be that way, so you, you paid your dues, um, okay, so I hope you heard this one okay, because I am on the road, like I mentioned, I'll do another podcast, um, I'm not sure what, on what next, number four, so I guess whatever you guys want to hear about, um, let me know and I'll do a segment to help you learn any area of career that you might need help with. So have a great weekend. It is Friday, so happy Friday. Have a good one, and thanks for listening. Bye.